Hi there. I'm the baseball lifer. Come on in. Take a seat and I'll talk to you about the game I love, baseball. Oh, what's a baseball lifer? There's a couple ways to become one. Most baseball lifers played the game for a long time, then became coaches, managers, possibly broadcasters. And then there's guys like me. I never played the game. I broadcast for 12 years on the minor league level, but I've been a fan going clear back to 1971 when I was eight years old. And even after I left the broadcasting business, I am still a fan. So did you see where the Yankees got into the league championship series again? They're going to start the series today. Today I'm recording this on Wednesday, the 19th of October. They're going to start a series against Houston. So I thought I'd tell you today about the 1996 Yankees. They had had some awful years there. They, they between 82 and 93, they really weren't much good. And they started to build back up in 94. That was the year of the strike. And they had a big lead in the American League. But the strike wiped that out. But the Yankees were the first wild card team in 1995. And there was only one wild card team that year. And there had not been any wild card teams before that. Uh, they lost the wild card series against Seattle in 95. And the Yanks knew they would have some rebuilding to do from there. Don Mattingly, their star for a great many years, retired at the end of 95. And Buck Showalter, their manager, walked. And that's, to this day, not known whether their owner, George Steinbrenner, fired him or whether Buck walked away on his own nickel. But uh, So they knew they had some, some building to do to get the 96 team back, maybe to do even better than they'd done the year before. So with Buck gone, the Yankees hired Joe Torrey. Up until then, Joe had been a very unsuccessful manager in the National League. And there was no Twitter or Facebook then, but there certainly was sports radio, especially in New York. And the principal sports radio station called The Fan, uh, they didn't broadcast the Yankees at that time as they later would. So since they didn't broadcast them, The Fan announcers felt no mercy about running down Joe Torrey. One of the newspapers called him Clueless Joe. Uh, but nobody thought about this, the parallel between Joe Torrey and Casey Stengel. Casey Stengel had been a very unsuccessful National League manager in the 1930s and 40s, and he'd gone to the minor leagues to manage again. And the Yankees brought him in from 1949 to 1960, and given their incredible talent, Casey became a wizard. Well, something very similar to that began to happen with Joe Torre once the season got going. But before that, especially... Christopher Russo, the man they called Mad Dog on the fan, 
he just was brutal to Tory, and he didn't have many good words to say for the Yankees all through that season. Now, I don't know what would have happened if there had been Facebook or Twitter for fans to complain about not having Buck and not having Don Mattingly. As for Mattingly, he left because his back had been playing hell with him since 1987. And then his wrists started to go wrong in 94 or 5. I've forgotten which. But he called it a career. He wouldn't be a DH if he, he felt he couldn't play at first base as he once did. So he didn't want to hang on as a DH. So the Yankees had to get hold of a DH. And the one they found was Charles Chili Davis. And Chili got that nickname. There's so many baseball nicknames seem to happen. One of his relatives, as a baby, couldn't say Charlie, which was the name he was going by. And instead of Charlie, that baby was saying Chili. And Charles Chili Davis is Chili Davis to this day. So he became the Yankees' DH. The Yanks traded a couple of prospects, Sterling Hitchcock and Gerald Williams, to the Mariners so they could get Tino Martinez. Talk about playing hell. Tino was one of the several hitters who did that to Yankee pitching all throughout that series in 1995, the wild card series. So they got Tino and they got Jeff Nelson. And Jeff would be a big factor later on. He was a big guy, six foot six, what they would call a tall drink of water up in New England. Yanks signed second baseman Mariano Duncan to join the team. The Yankees would later sign Doc Gooden as a free agent and pick up Tim Raines from the White Sox. They still figured he could do it as a leadoff hitter. As for Gooden, he'd been famous on the Mets, and he got into trouble with cocaine and alcohol. And the Yankees gave him a chance, and they would be happy that they did. On June 14th of that year, Gooden pitched a no-hitter for the Yankees against the Seattle Mariners. Later in the year, the Yankees brought in another dead-end kid, Daryl Strawberry, who, again, had had trouble with the demons. So they gave him a chance. He'd gotten a tryout from Mike Veck with the St. Paul Saints, who I already knew by then. I'd worked for him for a couple of years. So the Yankees didn't start off hot that year, but they eventually got it into gear, particularly Tino Martinez took some heat from the crowd at Yankee Stadium. Then and now, they were a rough crowd to please. As the season wound down toward the end, the Yankees knew they still had some work they wanted to do and some improvements they wanted to make. So at the trade deadline, they sent Ruben Sierra, an outfielder, to the Tigers in exchange for Cecil Fielder. And Fielder had hit 50 home runs six years earlier, back in 1990. Also around that same time, they got David Weathers, pitcher from the Florida Marlins, in exchange for Mark Hutton, who was a pitcher who 
pitched in the minors on the night I became a professional broadcaster. He was our team's opponent, and he beat us. Graham Lloyd joined the team right around that same time. They got him from the Brewers, and they got Charlie Hayes from the Pirates. And these are all names that would play a key role in the Yankees winning that 1996 playoff and then World Series. They wrapped up the season with a 92-70 and 70 record. There were four games ahead of the Orioles in the American League East. The Orioles would be the wildcard team, and they would face Cleveland in the playoff. Meantime, the Yankees would play Texas, who had won the Western Division. And Texas won the first game of that playoff, 6-2. to two. Uh, David Cohn got the loss on that one. And even after only one playoff game, the radio in New York was beginning to go hysterical about what's, what's going to happen to the Yankees, what's going to happen if they lose this series against the Texas Rangers. And they got behind in game two, but they came back and went into extra innings, and they won in 12 innings, 5-4 to four over the Rangers. The Yankees got two in the ninth to beat the Rangers in game three out in Texas. And Jeff Nelson, the guy they got from the Mariners, was the winning pitcher in that ball game. And then the fourth and last game of that series, the Yankees won it six to four. The winning pitcher that day was David Weathers, who they'd gotten late in the season. During that playoff, the Rangers Juan Gonzalez hit five home runs, but the Rangers couldn't get the job done with just him. So the Yankees took that series three games to one, and the Orioles beat Cleveland three games to one that same day. And that one, the Orioles won in 12 innings on a home run by one of the Alomar brothers. So that brought us to the league championship series and the Yankees the a moment happened in that game that Yankee fans have never forgotten the hero if you want to call him that was a kid named Jeffrey B. Mayer a 12 year old kid and this was in the bottom of the eighth game one of the league championship series against Baltimore and Derek Jeter a rookie hit a long one to right field and it went well it was it was it was going to be an out a lot of people think that and Tony Tarasco the outfielder for the Orioles certainly thought he had it but Jeffrey B. Mayer reached out and grabbed it now under today's rules that would have been reviewed by the umpires and in all likelihood Jeter would have been called out and a lot of things would be different from the way they were. But under the present rules of 1996, the umpire said it was a home run. And that tied the ball game four to four. And Jeffrey B. Mayer's name has never been forgotten by Yankee fans since. Even though Bernie Williams won that game in the 11th inning, hitting another home run, that one was a no doubter. The Yankees lost game two behind David Wells of the Orioles, who the Yankees would later sign up. 
but then they went out to Baltimore and the Yankees won five to two, eight to four, and six to four. They took games three, four, and five, bang, bang, bang. In later years, when the Orioles weren't so good, Yankee fans would come down to Camden Yards in Baltimore and invade the place and give what few Oriole fans there were a lot of heat. So it was on to the World Series from there after beating the Orioles. Didn't look good at first. The Braves won the first game 12 to 1. They just destroyed Andy Pettit. John Smoltz won that game. Second game was a shutout for nothing. Greg Maddox beating Jimmy Key. Now you want to talk about the New York media really losing their collective minds. They did. There was a day off in between games two and three. So the media had two full days to say how the Yankees were choking because they were down two games to nothing. But they didn't remember how good this team could be. In game three, David Cohn took the ball. He had lost a good chunk of the season. He'd had to have a shoulder operation. And I got to meet him when he was on rehab in double A following that operation. Talk about a nice guy. Well, he won the third game of that series against the Braves, that World Series. In game four, the Yankees got down six to nothing. Kenny Rogers was their starter, lefty pitcher, and he gave up a couple of long home runs, and the Braves were ahead six nothing. But the Yankees put up three in the sixth, three in the eighth on a home run by Jim Layritz. And then the Yankees put up two in the 10th to win that one. Graham Lloyd was credited with the win over the Braves in game four. Game five was an old-fashioned pitching duel right out of the 1910s. It was a one nothing win for the Yankees for Andy Pettit over John Smoltz. The Yankees only had four hits and the Braves only had five, but the Yankees had the one run that counted. And in game six, the Yankees won the World Series back at Yankee Stadium, three to two. The Yankees scored three runs in the ninth. Jimmy Key got the win over Greg Maddox. John Wetland saved all four games that year. Starting the next year, 1997, the closer would be Mariano Rivera. He'd been the setup man for John Wetland in 1996. So with the Yankees winning that 96 World Series, I hope they do well in the playoffs. I will probably be back with you next week before the playoff is decided. If you want to tell me what you want me to talk about, you got a favorite team, a favorite season, a favorite player you want to hear about, you can write to me. The email is baseballlifer74 at gmail.com. This is the Baseball Lifer. Thanks for coming by.